On this week's episode of the Smart Marks of Wrestling Podcast, episode number 37, we're going to chat all things WWE and AEW, including some changes to the Raw announced team, the ratings, Seth Rollins' comments on new Shield members, and a whole lot more. This is the Smart Marks of Wrestling Podcast presented by thesportster.com. Here we go. Brandon is on the other line with us. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing great, Jim. How's it going, man? Oh, it's still going okay. I had a whole plan for today, and now we can't really do any of it, because I was thinking about talking TLC predictions and matches and stuff like that, but there's no TLC prediction matches to go over. I mean, Friday. (laughs) It's Friday this morning, and we'll have SmackDown tonight, so I would assume that one match may be announced or something, you know, like they might do. They don't have any yet. So there's no way to do a prediction show other than to maybe predict what the matches we think will happen. And I think the card's actually finished. They just haven't said anything about it. So that might be a strategy that WWE is trying to employ. So we can't really talk about TLC predictions. We'll have to do that next week. But um, there is still news to go over. Yeah. Let's tell everybody where they can find us first. Anchor.fm, thesportster.com, wrestlingreadups.com. Um, if I can ever get around to it, YouTube, as well as Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. I mean, all your favorite podcast yeah. platforms of choice you can get us there just look up the smart marks of wrestling podcast and rate it download it and subscribe to it whatever you got to do so with that being said what do you want to cart- cover first what news do you want to start with oh we can start with uh john morrison <laughs> we, oh. we kind of knew this right like we knew he was back or we assumed he was back because it was already kind of reported on but it was yeah back in september there was yeah. buzz because he didn't show up or wasn't going to do the last impact show so yeah. that was Kind of like, well, where is he going? And there had been a talk for a long time that he was going to go to WWE, and then it kind of died. Like, they talked about it, talked about it, and it absolutely didn't talk about it, and then it sort of disappeared. And I was actually legitimately surprised. I mean, surprised, not surprised, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I figured he was coming, but then I totally forgot about him. Yeah, exactly. Because said anything <laughs> for so long, and now we know he's coming to WWE. Um, first, what do you think of the signing? Good, bad, indifferent, do you care? Two, where do you think he'll go? I think it's great, and where he goes is going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be NXT. I think it's going to be Raw or SmackDown. Um, although you would get the most out of on NXT as far as, like, you get name value there. You get ratings from AEW, obviously. But I think Raw or SmackDown is where he's going to go. I don't know which show, and I don't really know what storyline he's going to get into right away. What I really want to know is, is he going to be John Morrison? Is he going to be, like... Johnny Raw, Johnny SmackDown, Johnny WWE, like Johnny Showtime. What's he going to be? What's he going to be named? It's probably going to be Morrison, right? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, he might go under multiple nicknames. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're right, though. He changes his name everywhere he goes. He's yeah. probably had the most names of any. I bet you that's a record. I bet if you looked it up, you could figure it out. He's probably had more names than anybody in the last five years. But uh, I'm... I'm thinking he'll go NXT. Like that's considering the ratings back and forth between AEW and WWE and how close they are. AEW won it this week by a mere six thousand views. Uh, really close. I just don't know why you wouldn't put him there. You know, he ha- can have lights out matches with certain people. He will be a draw. He he'll be exciting on Raw or SmackDown for like a few weeks. Like the buzz about him returning will be there, but then it will probably dissipate. But in NXT, you can you can maintain it. You know what I mean? Like he can really 
he can be a star on that brand and, and draw on the eyeballs. I think when you have old guys coming back to the brand, they, they just make a bigger dent when they come into NXT than they would on Raw or SmackDown. But yeah, who knows? It could be anywhere. I would put him on NXT just for many reasons, but you're I right, agree. it might not. I agree. Like I, like I said, I would definitely rather see him on NXT. Um, although it would be cool seeing him on Raw or SmackDown just as like, you know, the big return. But NXT, having him come out with his music would be nice. I don't really like having things announced beforehand. So having him announce, hey, I'm back, it's kind of lame. I like surprises. I've said it time and time again. It's just nice to see things you don't expect to see. Uh, case in point, when Bray Wyatt won the championship, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Or when, say, Finn Balor turned to NXT, AJ Styles debuted uh, in the Royal Rumble. Stuff like that is always so fun. That's why the Royal Rumble, or at least it used to be, um, a lot of fun because you had so many returns and, like, debuts even now you don't really get that because everything's really announced beforehand so with yeah. morrison doing this it kind of took some of the steam away but nxt would definitely keep that fire alive i think you're right it, yeah it's a catch-22 because this whole wwe backstage show with like ryan yeah. sam from pro wrestling sheet trying to do this i mean they need to get their ratings so they need to be known as a show every week that's going to announce something right mm-hmm. like so far it's been what it's been johnny morrison it's been Paige. it's been Samojo. it's been randy orton it's been like all these people, yeah, like there's constantly <laughs> a, a surprise one. because yeah. their ratings suck. So they need to have those surprises on that show. The downside of that is that you kill surprises for everything else. So yeah. when you have, I mean, I guess I was really surprised on Friday. It was poorly done to me, but there were a ton of returns on Friday. Like between Elias and Sheamus and uh, who was the other one that came back? Oh, Alexa Bliss. Like, there was yeah. a ton of people who came back, but they really didn't do much with it. Like, it was kind of just sort of thrown in there. It wasn't built up. The Sheamus thing was maybe the closest thing to being built up, but even that was just a backstage promo where we think he's going to be a heel when he comes back. Like, they had an opportunity to be surprised. Well, the way that he talked about how he was going to make... He's toughen up SmackDown or whatever, and he started name-dropping people who were not tough. It reminded sure. me of Drew McIntyre saying, "Oh, a bunch of people here in the locker room are entitled, entitled and, lazy yeah. and all that." So that's what it looks like. Sheamus is going to be doing right. So, but they had an opportunity there to surprise people, and they didn't really do it. So, yeah, it's kind of tough, tough now when you have to get those surprises out there so people will watch backstage, and then you don't have that later to use in your deck of cards or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I'm not usually that interested in Sheamus, but I'll say this. When I saw like, the promo for him coming back, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really interesting. So if I can get interested in the guy who I wasn't previously interested in, it shows that having a return like that, for people that are interested, they'd freak out. They'd lose it. People alive in attendance, if you hear his music just pop, that'd be crazy. Just half of the music come out next week or whatever, like or today. I guess it would be tonight coming back, right? You yeah. have the music play. He comes out. Then he just cuts that same promo. <laughs> like and then you're one promo ahead every week because you wouldn't have used that promo in the uh, the video. I don't know. It just seems like they uh, they missed an opportunity, but it was still good. I think it was still fine with Seamus. Uh, yeah. I do like that he has his old hair and his old beard. That's pretty cool. I hated the Elias thing. That okay. was terrible. Like <laughs> there could have been such a cool moment to have him in the ring and hear the guitar strum, yeah. but they didn't do that. They stuck him with Dana Brooke and Drake Maverick. You mean like, Batista's girlfriend and Drake Maverick? Well, yeah, but <laughs> the Drake Maverick who is or isn't married anymore? Like, what was that whole thing about, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just weird. It was, you got Dana Brooke dancing around, you got Drake trying to cheat on his new, like, it was weird. And 
so such a wasted opportunity for that. And even the Alexa Bliss stuff, I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of SmackDown. The only good part about that, and we'll talk about that in a minute, was kind of the end. You know, even then, all the way up to the end, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, there was that whole tease that Wyatt was going to come on the show and talk about his new cast member for the Firefly Playhouse, and then that didn't happen. They had a promo, and they teased, teased something else, and this new belt, is that a character? Is it not a character? And then they had this muscle man guy come back, and they had these weird, like, I don't know what they were called, but mm-hmm. eerie sort of, what were they? The, and then they had something else. So it never actually announced anybody, and we assume it's going to be Daniel Bryan, the way the show ended, but we'll talk about that in a minute and just how you liked it and how you didn't. But, yeah, so John Morrison's back. That's cool. Um, that's pretty that, big news. That was a nice little tangent that we got on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only two minutes. <laughs> Um, That's awesome. So yeah, I I think NXT. You'd like NXT, but you think Raw or SmackDown? Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably the general consensus. It'll uh, probably maybe, be Raw. Maybe not. Actually, I take that back because while we like NXT and we know that like the hardcore wrestling fans like NXT better than Raw and SmackDown because they know it's the closest thing to like. An... Isn't it sad that we want wrestling to be indie more than we want it to be mainstream? Like we want that vibe because indie wrestling does old school WWE better than current. WWE does it, but anyway, uh, we want that like NXT more than Raw or SmackDown. But I'd imagine the majority of people still want Raw or SmackDown because they don't watch NXT, right? Like the majority of people are going to watch Raw and SmackDown, maybe NXT, and then I wonder what the actual like Venn diagram of AEW fans are that watch both products. Like we do, obviously. Yeah. But I'm sure there are some hardcore guys out there, or even people that like maybe were disinterested in WWE and said, "Oh, there's like the, I still like indie wrestling, and oh, there's this new company I'll watch them." So there's probably a lot of people that only watch AEW and not even WWE. Like yeah. that's crazy to me, right? I'm that sure there like, are people like that. I'm not one of those people. And like, I, I'm I'm totally willing to give AEW a chance, and I watch it, and I can be entertained by it sometimes. I will sometimes watch indie wrestling, and there's certain guys in there that I really like, and be like, well, those would be a huge star in WWE, but it's not a contest for me. Like, in terms of the product and the in-ring and the marketability of the shows, WWE, hands down, that's the way I would always build a wrestling promotion. I don't like the indies. Like, I like where people come from and their background stories and their origins and going through the system to get to where they want to be. But I only really watch when they're where they want to be. Like, I don't I don't get into the indie stuff. I'm not an indie going, oh, I'm an underdog guy. I cheer for them because they're indie. Like, I I don't do that at all. I don't and I'm really sure there are a lot of people like me too, right? So There's a I, lot I agree of people like you. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people that do the indie thing and they cheer for them because they're the indie thing. Like, they'll overlook the goofiness and stupidity of what AEW is doing in some cases right now. Just because so it's still edgy. kind of an indie thing, yeah. right? And they'll be like, I don't know, I can do no wrong, it's an indie thing. Well, it's stupid. Like, there's so many things on AEW right now that are good, and so many things that are stupid. Like, I watch indie wrestling sometimes, and I go, what in the hell are they doing? Like, I watched the one part, I don't know if you watched AEW last week, but like, Sammy yeah. Guevara had the phone in his hand on the top rope, and he went to do a shooting star press on no one. Like, there was <laughs> no one there. There's a Young Bucks super kick him, but who's he targeting? He's mm-hmm. doing a shooting star press to no one. Like, that's what indie wrestling often does, is they have these high spots for the sake of high spots that don't make any sense. Not that WWE's product is perfect. It isn't. But, like, that's the kind of stuff I see, and I go, this is not wrestling. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. You know? And that drives me nuts. But people will overlook that sort of thing because they're like, well, it's indie. It's great. It's 
the underdog. It's it's dumb. Like it it was there were so many things on AEW this week that were stupid. I was like, wow, this is bad. And there were some good things, but WWE same thing, right? Every week, every show's got something, but overall, long term grand picture, by far WWE's marketability. It's like to me, it's like watching the XFL versus watching the NFL. Right, it's like, so you, weird to me because, like, I feel the opposite. Where I think that I'll give WWE a chance. I don't really know that AEW is like the indies. Obviously, they have all these indie high spots and stuff, like you said. And, and WWE doesn't. Well, really they're do not that. the indies. They certainly not. Not with a big TNT show and stuff. But they no, I don't mean they're the actual indie. indies. Yes, that. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's their. That's their aim. We are their the in-ring product. product. Like us indie. because we're the indie guys. Yeah. Um. But the thing for me is, it's the actual like in-ring product and storyline building. And I'll say this. Um, AEW hasn't done any storyline building that I've been super interested in, so that's been disappointing so far. Uh, but with WWE, like, there's been year after year after year where there's just been poor storylines. And we'll get into that because I just mentioned before we started recording that there's one that I actually think they're doing well with the buildup. And it, it kind of goes back. It, Seth Rollins is really great. That's your little hint before I get into that. Seth Rollins is really great at doing these storylines that are underrated because if he's the heel, you want to boo him. But he doesn't get the credit for it, I think. But with WWE, the in-ring matches, uh, and this is exclusive to Raw and SmackDown and not NXT, which or even like 205 Live, which is crazy to me. But Raw and SmackDown matches are so like they're booked so safely, and I get it because it's you know 300 nights a year or whatever. But they're booked so safely that it's almost boring. So when you go to watch AEW and you see these high spots, you're like, wow, this is great. But I think you need some kind of like in between. And we used to have that with like the old cruiserweights and like light heavyweight divisions and WWE and WCW, where it was just fun matches, even like going back to like the late 2000s and like, you know, not so not quite the early 2010s. But before that, you had matches that looked really good and the presentation was amazing. And it wasn't just like the safe, constant repetition of the, the same moves that's over and over and over again. And I mean, outside of John Cena, which, again, he built his name on being what he was and good for him. But uh, there, there's so many people. That, that will watch WWE and they won't even acknowledge just how poor the matches are a lot of the time. because And it's not like it's the superstars' fault. Like, they'll blame the superstars. I don't think it's them. I think it's just the way the matches are expected to be produced. And the AEW is just kind of refreshing that they get to do a little more. But having said that, I agree with you. Match psychology is a big thing. And if you're going to just do a jump onto nothing just so you can set up another move, it's kind of stupid. Like, there's no purpose for it. You're supposed to be... We know that wrestling is, is, isn't is real. Honestly, we know you have to have some kind of disbelief or like, suspension of disbelief when you're watching it because, I mean, it wouldn't work otherwise, right? But if you're watching a movie, there are certain things that will take you out of a movie and you're like, wow, I can't like not see this. And that happens in wrestling when you have a guy like Sandra Guevara going for a shooting star press on nothing just so he can set up another kind of spot, which is just high spot into high spot into high spot, which I, I think is a lot of people's indie issue with the indies, including like the revival and Randy Orton and stuff, it, whether it is or isn't an, is, an actual issue with them. I don't know. Maybe it's just a storyline with them. But if you have an issue with all this flippy stuff and, and the high spots, I get it because you're watching, you're used to watching WWE and WCW and a, uh, AWA and NWA where wrestling is supposed to be booked in a certain way. Um, not necessarily like a cookie cutter thing, but the way moves are done are supposed to flow into each other because it makes sense. Uh, you don't just dance to dance, right? So I, I see what you're saying. And yeah, I, and you I, know what? I'm I'm not trying to give the impression that I am into one certain style. I like the high-flying stuff. Like, I think Ricochet is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think there are guys in WWE that do that style and are really good at it. AJ Styles mixes both worlds, but 
you know, the high spot stuff, I have no issue with high spots. There are some matches in AEW that I've actually quite liked with some of the high spots in them. What I don't like is that the high spots don't make sense or that people stand there for almost 10 to 20 seconds waiting for somebody to do the high spot for the sake of doing the high spot. Like, that you're just like, oh, I'll just stand here till you get yourself in the position you need to be in so that you can land on me. When in real life, I would have moved eight seconds ago. You know what I mean? Like, that sort of stuff, I just I can't wrap my head around it. And unfortunately for me, as much as AEW is some, some really good, and they have some really good, talented people like Ray Phoenix, yeah. and those guys are so good that it, it ruins it because they the goal almost seems to be how much can we fit in to a seven-minute match, and let's forget rules, let's forget logic, let's forget anything that makes any sense. Like, they just, they do that a lot. And it's kind of like, oh, this is hard. Like, and, and WWE does it too. So to to only harp on AEW, I, I shouldn't do that. But no, I, I find mean, that they, they do it a lot more in AEW, right? But well, I agree with you too. Like, so the WWE, WWE matches can be very badly booked. Like, when you only give a guy, you know, three minutes to come out on a three-hour show and go, oh, but here's your three-minute segment, go. Oh, that's stupid, too. Like, I I don't like that either, right? I mean, if there's a character build behind it and there's a reason that they're doing that, like they're doing the Goldberg squash, then okay, you know, that's what you're doing. That's your consistent character build for that person. It makes sense then, but just to go, well, shoot, we ran out of time. You guys have three minutes, go. Like, yeah. just cancel the bloody match then, right? Like, do something else for three minutes. But they don't. So everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does stupid stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, to get back to your point about the angle that you do like, the Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins stuff, um, I'm, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll say this leading into whatever you're about to say. I'm so, so glad that Seth Rollins is steering the ship in another direction. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. It's about time. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a baby face or like a natural baby face. He can do it. But he was so good as, like, the in-between guy, whether it was, like, you know, not quite heel, not quite face. Like, in-between, so, like, you know, during the Shield, was the beginning of the Shield, when they weren't quite heels, weren't quite faces. Um, End of the Authority, when he was, like, starting to get that baby face rub, but, like, was still kind of, like, on the edge of being where he was. Um, He's really good in the in-between role. AJ Styles is also really good at that. I think we've talked about that before as well. Uh, Becky Lynch as well. Some people aren't meant to be natural heels or faces. But, uh, no, Seth Rollins, first of all, we get to see Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in a very, like, in a primetime role. Probably the biggest storyline right now, right, on uh, on Raw, I would say. At least the one I'm most interested mm-hmm. in. Maybe it's not the biggest, but at least for me, it's the most interesting. Um, we get to see Authors of Pain back in the uh, the spotlight, or at least in the spotlight for the first time since NXT, really. And I think it was really funny to have that promo where they started speaking. I think it was in... Um, what languages do they speak? I don't even know. Uh, anyway, they spoke in, in two sure. di- they spoke in two different languages, and Charlie Caruso was like, "Can you guys translate?" And then one of them, I think it was uh, Rezar, was like, "You look really good today, Charlie," and they just walked away. It's <laughs> like that's yeah. fantastic. Like it's just such a good quality thing. Right now, we get to see is Seth Rollins a heel? Is he a face? We don't know yet. He's probably going to be a heel. Um, and Kevin Owens has done that flip back to babyface, which is kind of weird to me because I always thought he was a better heel. But maybe just changing things up and making it so it's not stale for both of these guys is good. Because both of them have been kind of floating around. Even when Rollins was Universal Champion, we were talking about how he was just kind of floating around, right? Like, he was in these primetime matches, but, like, his character was so stale 
and it, it was just I mean I like him I, I'm a really big Rollins fan I think we've established I'm a bigger Rollins fan than you are but I think this gives Rollins a chance to and also I mean it's not just you the whole universe kind of like uh, soured on him a bit right that's why they were cheering so hard for the fiend but that's not abnormal that happens pretty often where they change their allegiances but Seth Rollins now <clears throat> sorry gets a chance to change up his character change up his storyline and really kind of change your opinion on him and see like uh, what he could do and where he can go with this. And, and I think having Kevin Owens and a new stable with him makes that interesting. I also yeah. have another place I want to go with it, but I want to get your opinions on this first. Well, I like the idea that they're teetering on not actually making him a baby, a baby face or a heel right now. Like they're basically doing what he already did, which turned everybody against him. He was going on, Social media talking crap about how great he is, how he's the best wrestler in the world, how everybody else needs to come up to like he was doing that anyway. People booed him for it. Well, do it on TV. People will boo you for it. But you're not actually a heel, which is kind of cool because like he's not stuck in any one role. They can do what they want with him from week to week, but they know he's going to get booed. So play that up. Right. Like I, I like that idea. And then eventually he will be a heel. Like that's where they're going with this. It's just a matter of dragging it out. So is he with AOP? Is he not with AOP? Will he find new members? Will he you know, align himself with other people? Is he just got a beef with Kevin Owens or is he actually going to feud with Kevin Owens? Like you can tease that stuff and you know that anybody who basically touches Seth Rollins is any sort of program is going to get cheered and he's probably going to get booed. Like, so that's what I like about it is that he doesn't have to be pigeonholed into a baby face or a heel character, even though I agree with you, he's a much better heel character. Um, They can just do stuff with him that people will boo and they know that they will boo it because they were booing him in real life, like just for being himself. So, well, be yourself on TV and get booed like that's that's what they're doing here, which is great. And I'm sure in some respects, it could be one of the reasons they're keeping Lynch off TV a little bit because he's so toxic and you are already running the risk that people are losing a little interest in Becky Lynch. So don't have her anywhere near him. Right. Just stuff like that. Right. So that's how toxic he is right now, which is great if you're trying to build a character because you know, it's what they didn't do with Reigns that they should have done with Reigns was that Reigns for a while was toxic. No matter what he did, people were booing it. You should have gone with it. They didn't go with it. Right. They're doing that with Rollins. They're going, well, Mm -hmm. crap. People hate him. Well, I might as well make it so people hate him for a reason. And, and that's... we know that, yeah. And we know Rollins can do this, right? Yeah. Uh, we're aware that Rollins is capable of playing that heel role. Uh, like we said, he did it with the Authority. He's done it. Um, I mean, even with the Shield, like I really don't know what the Shield was. They they kind of started them off as this heel group that very gradually became a babyface group. But the, he he showed he's capable of being that heel character. So you know that he can take it, and you know that he can get that kind of reaction from the crowd. Even if it seemed genuine, where they really seem to hate him, uh, this also gives you an opportunity to make him a face again down the road, right? Because you're giving him kind of a refresh, and that's all you need oh, sometimes. Yeah. Is that this refresh. is smart because if they if they make it so that fans are supposed to and allowed to boo him, then eventually they will cheer him. You know, when they decide to move him back, uh, they'll fans will be on his side because they. It's it's not fun to boo somebody when you're supposed to boo them. You know, unless they're really good at what they're doing. Like Baron Corbin is super good at getting the boos, so it's kind of fun to boo him. Yeah. Everybody else you boo because you're like, well, we don't like that guy. Right. Yeah. But now what they're doing is they're 
giving you reasons not to like Rollins. So your job is to boo him, which means you probably won't boo him as much as you were supposed to because you don't like doing what WWE tells you to do. So it's reverse psychology in a way. But I can't believe they haven't figured that out more yet. Like, just figure it out, and you'll see that it works wonders. <laughs> if yes. you just do the opposite, like, you can really manipulate. Because a lot, I'm not trying to say that wrestling fans are stupid, but we're stupid, right? We'll change our opinions on things so fast just because, like, again, eh, I'm not a huge Sheamus fan. Wait, what? Sheamus is back? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, we're goldfish. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, you're right. We're not stupid, but we're extremely opinionated, but we're extremely loyal. Right, so we have who we want to cheer and who we want to boo, and as much as we say we like or hate the product, we watch the product. Doesn't matter how bad it is, we still watch it. Right, all these people who go on and say oh, I'm never going to watch it, they're lying. They mm-hmm. will watch it. They might not watch it next week because they're going to grandma's house for meatloaf or something, so they can't watch the show. But they will watch it. Like they just, they're lying when they say they won't. So they're super loyal, but they're super opinionated. And they don't like being told what to do, even though they like being steered in the right direction. So when you say, oh, yeah, you got to cheer this guy, they probably won't. When they say, oh, you're supposed to boo this guy. Well, they might if he's really good at it, but they probably won't. Right. Like every heel you're supposed to hate, you love. Like in Jericho's case in AEW, he's doing everything he can possibly do to be the biggest bad guy in the company. And people cheer him like crazy. Right? Yeah. Like it's just it's what they do. They love when someone's good at doing something they're supposed to be doing, so you cheer that guy when you should be booing him. Or he sucks because he's, you know, a good guy. We don't like him as a good guy. Let's boo him. Oh, but now he's a bad guy. Well, we like him now. Let's cheer him. Like, it's just, they call, what's the, what did JBL call it, or whoever called Toronto, like, Weirdoville? Like, that's all this is. It's Wrestling is one big Weirdoville anymore now, so you just have to go the other way, right? And that's what they're finally doing with Rollins, which makes it totally awesome. Yeah. Uh, I also think this really will just, like, stoke the fire. Um, CM Punk, if he ever comes back, is going to be a babyface, you'd imagine. At least for one promo, one match, whatever it is. And uh, Seth Rollins being a heel, I'm just saying, that kind of sets the tone. Because CM Punk didn't show up on backstage this week because we, Seth Rollins is going to be there. So, I don't but know. You know that Punk will be a babyface because he's a jerk, right? Like yeah, that's that's why he will be a babyface is because people will love that he's a total jerk. Now, can you imagine back in the day? Like I know that you're younger than me and you didn't watch it way back when I watched it when I was a kid, but that was unheard of. Like the baby faces and the good guys did only baby face good guy kind of stuff. Yeah. They were like, but like over the top. Right? Yeah, like yeah. You they never ever said bad things about their yeah. opponents. They only were defending their own honor and whatever. Now the the baby faces are such arrogant pricks. That that's why you like them, right? Like they're well, so Stone Cold kind of bucked the trend, right? Yep. Stone Cold and the the Rock even like they really bucked the trend and, and kind of changed how we see um, our perceived heels and baby faces, at least in WWE and WCW and whatnot. I don't know how like Japan and stuff were back then and like the Indies. I don't obviously it wasn't alive. Could, I can't speak to uh, that aspect of it. But I know for a fact, like you're saying, I mean, if you were a good guy, you were a really good guy. Like <laughs> that was it. If you were a bad guy, you were, I hate you, I hate your country, I hate your family, I hate everything about you, I want bad things to happen to you. If you're a good guy, it's, well, I'm I'm not a bad guy, I'm a good guy, and these fans love me, and, and I care about them, and never any, every, uh, anything bad about like the other person, or at least nothing like uh, malicious. You can insult the other guy, but not in a way that's like... You know what I mean? Like, you, can, you can say how, like, well, you're a bad person, that's why I'm going to beat you for the title. 
that's not insulting the guy, but that's still like making a comment towards them. But nowadays, it's just jab after jab after jab both ways to the point where you're like, well, who's the baby face here sometimes? Yeah, well, there's only two people. I'm trying to think while you were talking there. I'm just thinking to myself, who? there's only two people. I would say three, but then I thought to myself, the third one is even iffy. There's only two people on the entire roster, WWE, SmackDown, NXT, that I can think of that are babyface characters that act like old school babyfaces that don't do anything wrong. Can you can you guess who I'm thinking of? Oh, could you give me a hint? Just like because it's a lot of. Well, we talked about one of them already. Super high flying. Ricochet, yeah, I'll Ricochet agree with you. never does anything bad. That guy is the nicest guy. Every group he's in, every fact, he's always the guy that does the right thing, and sometimes he gets screwed for it. And then the other guy has had his name changed multiple times. Ali. Ali. He's the only other guy that I can think of. I was going to say Shorty G was another one. Yeah, but, but I was thinking the same thing. He, he got he over because he trashed Baron Cor- yeah. Corbin and, you know, whatever. Like, he's still, yes, he's still a babyface at heart. He's the underdog with the short guy gimmick. And so, yes, for the most part, he does good things. But people liked him because he just destroyed that trophy and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, those are the only two guys in the entire roster that I can think of that don't do heelish type stuff. Like, Ricochet to me is like the Ricky Dragon Steamboat of the day. Even there was a, ta- a long time like Kofi Kingston was that guy. Yes. But now he's part of the New Day, and then New Day's a bunch of sarcastic, like, weirdo. Like, they're awesome. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're the uh, the pinnacle of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. You like, know? they make fun of everyone. Yep. Right? That's not the what Usos, too. Like, whether they're face or heel, they're the same characters. Yeah. yeah the Usos so it's are just... the weirdest heel team to me. I, just, just a side note, a little tangent. They're the weirdest, the Usos. Because oh. when they're heels or faces, they're the exact same people. So they're like exactly like I said with AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, sometimes Becky Lynch. You don't really know, like you know when they are heels, but they mostly hover around the line of what are they? <laughs> yeah, yeah kinda... where are they right now? <laughs> oh, no, well, I think yeah. we know where they are. They're in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, well, they're. It's interesting because they just signed too, right? Like yeah. those guys can't seem to get themselves out of their own way. Anyway, okay, so yes, we talk about two different tangents to go off on there i okay. know we've had like what two else conversations did... and then it's been tangents let's talk <laughs> about some of of what happened this week so we've talked about the rollins kevin owens stuff we should probably go over to smackdown a little bit it is tonight they're going to continue this storyline let's talk a little bit about wyatt and daniel bryan i man if daniel bryan comes back bald <laughs> like holy moly i mean it's not like it's new we've seen this before when he talked about indies and stuff when he was coming up he I was bald it. I hate when that he look. started when he started on the original NXT, he was bald. Like, that was kind of his thing. That's what he looked like. It's weird now. Most fans won't know what that guy looked like then. But he has done this before. It'll be odd, you know, if he comes back and he's, like, character changed, part of why. it's the, If he's that character that they're introducing, I'll be shocked. But not in a way because Brian's willing to do almost anything. Yeah. And he can do anything. Like, he really fits any role. Well, he's really untouchable. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what you do with him. It doesn't matter what he's... Like, he's willing to do anything, and it really doesn't hurt him. Like, he's impervious to bad storylines. Like, yeah. he's probably the only guy in the roster that no matter what you do to him, he's going to come out ahead. Because he's that good, and he's that untouchable, and everybody respects him to the point. It's like, you don't look at Daniel Bryan being like, what the heck is he doing? You look at him, everybody else and go, why are they making him do that? Well, he's pretty good at it. You know what I mean? Like... He can go anywhere and do anything and wins, lose, losses, doesn't matter. He's good. So if he's creative enough to be like, yeah, go ahead, shave my head. Whatever. Let's do this. <laughs> We're going to do it. Let's do it right. You know, that that seems like where they're going with this. So 
yeah. it'll be interesting to see where they whether he shows up this week and he's got no hair left or what they're doing. But yeah, I'll agree that he's kind of untouchable, and it's not so much that he makes storylines look good all the time. It's just which he usually does. It's just the fact that he is so loved. He's transcended any kind of, like you said, any kind of bad booking. And we'll see maybe one day that'll turn, like, with enough storylines that are bad. But again, I don't think he's had a bad storyline, really. Um, even, like, the Planet Champion. I wasn't super into it, but I thought it was a really good storyline. Like, I understood it. You don't, that, That's something that people don't understand, either. You don't have to like a storyline. It doesn't have to resonate with you for you to appreciate that it's still a good, like, a well-booked storyline. Right. I thought the Planet Champion stuff and everything, like, and Fickle, and, like, he was speaking a lot of truth during all those promos. Um, basically, what we said, and, like, how I said, wrestling fans, like, we're all dumb. Uh, we are all fickle. That's true. And yeah. But I think that it, whether or not you like it or not, uh, you can appreciate a good storyline. And you can say, oh, I love this storyline. It's real. You ever watch a TV show and you're like, or, like, a movie, and you're like, God, this is just the worst, but I love it. Right, you can have bad storylines that you love, and you can have good storylines that you don't like, but that you appreciate and say like, yeah, they're good. I just it's not for me. So I think that's something we have to do as wrestling fans is really uh, reflect a little more on what's really being said and done. Or maybe we don't. Maybe we can just cheer and boo and take it for what it is. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just looking too far into it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to look into it. Here's my guess as to what's going to happen here. I'm fifty fifty that Brian even shows up tonight. There's part of me that says he's not going to be there. And what will happen is everybody will wonder what happened to him. And the Miz will come out and be like, what'd you do with Daniel Bryan? And he'll challenge the Fiend for TLC. Okay. Because I just don't see how this storyline can figure itself out to the point where Bryan fights wide again in a match in a week and a half. Like I just, because that's when TLC is. It's like a week and change away. Mm-hmm. So, I don't see how they're going to do that quickly enough unless Brian just comes out and he's got no hair and he's super mad about having no hair. But that's just like, seems like terrible short-term booking to me. So I'm going to guess that he's not even on the show tonight that Miz wants to know where he is. Cause Miz was talking all weird and trying to defend everybody. And the fiend needs to be stopped. And he's like on a mission to do the right thing or whatever. So I'm sure the Miz will fight the fiend at some point. And I had him predicted as one of the fiends opponents a long time ago just the way they were sort of shaping the storyline. And he'll probably lose really quickly. And then Brian will show up at some point and either be with the Fiend in some capacity or be confused about where he is, um, that sort of thing. Or Brian will be there and he will be the Fiend's kind of puppet now. Right? Yeah. Like he, cool. he has changed in a way that he's under some sort of, whether it's a spell or something. Kind of like when he joined them the first time, even though it was all a ruse. You know, is part of the Wyatt family. He was teasing the whole thing the whole time, but that's what they did there. Maybe they do that again because they're running this The Fiend Changes Everybody kind of gimmick. So mm-hmm. that's my guess. But yeah, I'm, I don't even know if, if Brian's going to be on the show tonight. I think they'll just continue to drag out that storyline. Where is he? What happened to him? And then when he comes back looking totally different, it would be like, oh my gosh. Well, wouldn't yeah. it be better if instead of having... Daniel Bryan on TV. They had just like a puppet of Daniel Bryan on TV. That'd be cool. <laughs> I'd love He's that. Like the, the new he just voices it. Or buzzard or whatever. They've got a little puppet of him in the Firefly Funhouse. That'd be funny. I don't know what he looks like though. Ray Wyatt right? voicing it. Well, he'd be bald. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they could get his hair right, so they have to rip his hair on TV. Maybe that's what <laughs> the whole thing was. It's like a mankind. Yeah, exactly. He's got, He's got hair holes in his hair, scalp everywhere. 
Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of the big thing on SmackDown. I watched that whole show specifically for whoever this new character was, and then it didn't happen. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I thought the show itself Oh, the was new belt, like, we said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that. Oh, your voice says it all. We don't have to go into it. <laughs> well, there's a new Universal Championship belt, and they're selling it for a lot of money on WWE. I guess I understand. Here's my concern I mentioned to you this before. If he starts to wear this thing, and he's replaced the Universal Championship, not that I love the look of the Universal Championship, but if this is the new Universal Championship, oh my god, it's awful. Like, this is so bad. Like, I just... I have enough issue with them changing titles so much just to sell new belts or whatever they do it for. They, they've completely killed the classic look of the old championships I grew up with, but yeah. this would not be a good replacement for the universe. I mean, it's, I get it. It's not supposed to be pretty and it's not supposed to, it's the fiends belt, but it's not the universal championship. It should never be the universal championship. If anything else, it should be a, a toy you can buy at Christmas, but even then it's not a toy cause it's 6,500 friggin' dollars. US right? before tax. <laughs> yeah. Like I get it. They want to test this out to see if there's enough fans crazy enough to spend almost 7,000 bucks on a belt, right? And somebody will. In fact, if they're oh, selling 100 sure. of them or 1,000 of them, I'm sure they'll sell out, right? <laughs> because there are people now, as wrestling fans, who grew up as wrestling fans and made a crap load of money, and now they're still wrestling fans with a lot of money. Yep. So they'll buy it, right? Will they buy it and put it under the kid's Christmas tree? Probably not. No, I don't think so. I think there's collectors that put it on their walls. Right. It's an yeah. ugly thing to hang on your wall, but it is what it is. So I understand why they have it, why they're doing it. If it works, why they'll do more of this in the future. But if it comes out as the new title and he's wearing it around his waist, it's not going to say, oh, Well, what yeah. doesn't make sense to me is if this is the new belt, like the new Universal Championship, why the hell did they bring up the Blue Championship? Yeah. Like, would it have made more sense to go from the Red Championship to this new Fiend Championship to whoever takes the title? Is they just, oh, here's the new Blue Championship since the SmackDown? And wouldn't a lot more sense be to make it a black strap with a blue faceplate? Anyway, that's the whole. I, I say that every time I see the Universal Championship. But well, the Universal yeah. Championship from the very beginning, I didn't like. Have you ever seen? I, I've done like concepts of it where it's been like a black strap with a red plate. Like the same thing it is, but instead of the strap being red, it's black. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful championship, and I assume blue would be the same thing. But why do you have to have the strap be the color of the show you're on? Like imagine if NXT just had yellow straps. Yeah. Come on. I don't even know why they have a universal title, to be honest with you. When they did it and they announced it and they called it that, I was like, well, this is bad. Yeah. And I still not liked it ever since. And I had, I don't think it's ever... The Fiend might be the first guy, and even then I disagree with putting it on him so quickly, might be the first guy to hold the thing that can make it you know, a championship belt. Like it was between Balor won it the first time and... That was supposed to be more than a surprise than any real good reason to give it to somebody. Then Lesnar had it, but he was never around. Then people held it in between Lesnar holding it. Goldberg had it. You know, Owens had it for five minutes. Like, it's just a belt that really is kind of irrelevant. It's that brand's belt, but it's dumb. It's already switched brands. So, I don't, it's true. <laughs> I, I don't really love the title. I don't know why they introduced it. They have way too many champions. Like, twi- two times too many. Right, they have. They need one set of tag championships. They need one heavyweight title. They need one intercontinental title. And if they want to have a cruiserweight belt or something, they can do that. A women's I'm fine championship. With having, Five, I'm fine with having right? two mid card titles. So the U.S. and the intercontinental are fine. 
You have one tag team, they go between shows. One world champion, they go between shows. Right? Like, that's fine. I think all the titles should be able to go between shows. Every single one of them. There should mm-hmm. be no reason. And can you imagine the surprises every week if the champion shows up to defend it? That's the one person that can go between any show. A title holder can move between all three brands. That should be the rule. Like, doesn't matter what brand you're on or who you're employed by. If you hold a belt, you can go wherever you want. Mm-hmm. That should be the rule. Like, it just, it's really simple. There's no need to have multiple championships. There's too many. You start throwing teams together that don't exist. You know, I'm okay if you want to have one more mid-card title, but I don't even think you need that, right? There's some history, at least, behind the U.S. championship. That's why there's I some hist- keep it, yeah. yeah, there's some history behind some of these other things, a television champion or whatever you want to have, right? The world championship. Right. So they're gone. So you're right. Maybe maybe it's just nostalgia. Yep. I don't know. They do it to sell The U.S. Merch. title is also useless anyway. Yeah. Like, it's well, they, very universally, like, considered... The IC Championship leads to world titles. The U.S. Championship has no correlation. That's, like, statistically proven, which is crazy that you can do that in a fake wrestling world. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you have too many of those mid-cards belts, then you have... I, I don't mean to... I'm going to say this, and it might come out funny, but there should be a class in wrestling. So there's a group that vie for the heavyweight title there's a group that vies for the mid-card titles there's yes. groups that vie for the tag titles and to get into those other things you need to elevate yourself and prove that you should be there right so they used to pretty much do that right well that's what i mean and now that's impossible because there's so many belts and on any given show somebody can fight for any title at any point you know and it does it's not just wwe it's everybody like aew did this week that jungle boy challenging chris jericho scorpio sky last week right like and the whole reason, I mean, and that's the thing about it, like this whole thing they talked about these win-loss records being important and you had to deserve a title shot. They've already mm. killed it. Yeah. Like they just, they said, oh, fine. You, I mean, Jungle Boy, did he win? I don't, has he won yet? He hasn't won a single match. I'm not sure. I bet Jericho decides, okay, yeah, okay. Right, like, because you want, like, you need to earn your way into that spot or the WWE champion, whomever the champion is in AEW, whatever, needs to decide, okay, I have a beef with this guy. I'm going to challenge him. And that's the very rare instance where that sort of thing happens. But, yeah, if you're going to be in that heavyweight title picture and there's one of maybe 10 guys throughout the entire company of over 150 employees that are in that group, to if you work your way out of that group, so it's because somebody else has worked their way in and replaced you, right? And then there's the same group of people that fight for that title all the time. And then they suck, so they move down a little bit. They're really good. They move up a little bit, right? Tag teams can be tag teams, and they don't just get thrown together for the sake of having somebody hold the belt. I just, um, it's a it's a long story that's way longer than this podcast can possibly be, but <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's crazy. And that we're getting onto this subject because the, the willingness of WWE to change all these titles so randomly and so often, I believe is in part because they simply have way too many belts. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of belts, and I think, like, you're right. It does kind of misconstrue things or make it hard to really follow, and, yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, look at the rumor now. Like, Becky Lynch and Charlotte are going to go on to TLC and fight the Kabuki Warriors and win the titles. Yeah. That's the story I'm reading, right? That's stupid. Like, why? You have Kabuki Warriors who are actually over. They're good tag team champions. It took a minute to actually put them on TV as the title holders, but whatever. You know, they're now there. 
And so you're just going to throw Lynch and Charlotte, who both probably shouldn't be a tag team together because they're big enough stars to be singles if you push them, that they're going to give them the belts now? Like, yeah. that's simply a product of the Kabuki Warriors having titles that they may or may not need to have, and you've got another tag team, set of tag team champions somewhere else. Like, I don't even... Who's the Raw tag team champions? Um... Like, you got the Viking Raiders for the guys. Is it the right? Viking Raiders? Okay, the Viking Raiders, and I don't know who the tag team champions are. That, yeah, that's bad. You know what I mean? When you can't even think <laughs> back and go, okay, who, if I had to try to name, if there was a all quiz and popped in front of me and name me all yeah. the title current title holders, I don't know that I could do it. Like, I, could, I probably could, but I'd have to think. You know, I'd be like, okay, yeah. this is the yeah, person that holds this it, one. Yeah. This is who holds it. Like, it's, it's crazy, right? Well, I'm I'm curious now. Do you know who holds the IC championship? Shinsuke. And the US championship? Ray now. Yep. Uh, well, it's like probably easier one, I guess. Yeah, that, that just happened, right? It, it was AJ Styles for a long time, and then it was Ray. Like, I'm okay with that. AJ Styles held the US title for a long time. When Ray Mysterio won it, it was a big deal because AJ held it for a long time, and nobody expected Ray Mysterio to win it. Like, I'm good with that. Viking Raiders actually seem to be a team that the WWE is pushing as the tag team champions. The problem I have is they're fighting nobody. Mm-hmm. Like, every week they come out and fight jobbers. Don't you think there should be some sort of competition to prove that these guys should deserve to keep these belts? No, because who cares? We don't remember well, who they are anyway. Okay. I mean, well, yes, if you, you should. If it's who cares, <laughs> it's because there's too many tag titles. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, I, I will mean? say that the, the Kabuki Warriors are making me actually care about these titles, which is nice. Yeah, well, and you know what the great thing is? is like they're really pushing Asuka, which I like. But uh, what's her partner's name? Uh, why can't I Asuka? think of Yeah. Kairosane. She's actually, she's like sort of walking in behind Asuka's trail, but she's getting a lot of steam for doing it. It's awesome. Like, she's really figured out how to fit herself into that. Okay, we're going to push Asuka in this green mist thing. But I'm noticing Carrie saying a lot, which is cool. Like, that's good. She's figured it out. She's like, okay, well, if this is what they're going to do. This is where I'll fit. And it makes sense. And they're good little tag team champions. I think getting them away from Paige was smart. You know, it's just stuff like that. It was the good. The heel but... stuff I love. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked the Iconics as the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, but everybody else who sold them in between, I have not really liked that whole thing. I agree. Like, I get why Paige or I Banks and Bailey got it first because they were maybe the two most reputable people in a tag team at that time. So okay, we'll count them too. But other than that, anybody that sold it in between, the Bliss and Crosses of the world is like, what's the point of that? So yeah, too much going on. Anyway. We've we figured out a way to cover 45 minutes on a pretty slow news week. There is one more thing to talk about for sure, though. Okay. The lexicon of Jericho. Oh, yeah. I love How long it. did people think before the list was going to show up? It's not like, the list. It's had... the lexicon. I know. Because Jericho but... himself said on his YouTube channel, if you want the list, go back to 2016. <laughs> this is the lexicon of Le Champion. <laughs> well, you knew. It was, it was one of the most famous things. I keep... That guy's really good at, at creating something out of nothing. I will give him that. You're a oh, much bigger man. fan of Jericho than I am, but I do like <laughs> I do like how good he is at making. He's like Keith Lee reminds me of him in a little bit. Like everything Keith Lee do, does is like a meme. It's a gift. Like it's just so good. it's a gift that keeps on it's giving. Go like viral, that guy, yeah. right? Jericho's the same way. He understands how everything he can do. There is something in every speech, every promo, every bit 
He could like he just does the most subtle stuff when they fought in the concourse. He stuck that playing card to his head. Yeah, right. It's just dumb. But, but you like, know what he, he does, right? He, he just knows it's going to be a thing. Wall. And it's like, if it works or it doesn't work, if people really grasp onto it, I'm going to keep it going. And if not, it was a good one-off bit. He's so well, like smart. That little, little bit of the bubbly. The bloody guy partnered with Stephen Amell <laughs> and their wine stuff, and he's still selling the sparkly wine. He sold like 10,000 <laughs> bottles of the stuff. Can you imagine? Like, he's just so smart at just, he throws everything against the wall. Yeah. And if it sticks, he keeps it going. If it doesn't, he's like, all right, either they didn't laugh or they laughed and it was a one-off thing, but they weren't like super into it. Maybe I'll, I'll save it for later when I can like maybe incorporate it better. He's really good at reinventing the wheel. Uh, doing the new list thing is great. I don't know that it's going to last long, but he was also really funny with it too. <laughs> like Darby no, Allen, good. He's, he's good at that Allen, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like arm bar, leg bar, headlock arm bar like he just yeah he's definitely recycling old stuff like he's he's, done he's it recycling the list he's recycling the reading off of the wrestling holds when he starts to read off the names of people and by the way did you notice the tease that he said marty before the music came on as in marty squirrel oh yeah i didn't see i didn't think about that yeah he's listing off people and the last name he says before the music comes to cut him off is Mar- i don't want to wrestle marty and then the music comes on right like there's no marty in aew yeah so that's got to be Marty Scroll. Like, that's just, it's subtle, but it's genius, right? Um, like, that promo he did with MJF, was it last week or two weeks ago? Was basically yeah. the same promo he did with Kevin Owens. Yeah. Right? Like, where he was like, they both blamed, was it Roman Reigns? Like, at the time? Mm-hmm. You know whose fault it is? Roman Reigns. Like, they both, they, he's recycling oh. this stuff. But it's it's still funny. Right. There is and it, one funnier thing to talk about too, other than Chris Jericho. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember when when Britt Baker was in? Uh, she went to the Takeover audience. Yeah. And they're like, "That's Adam Cole's girlfriend," but they didn't know who she was. Well, they, they just called Adam. Was. Right, but like they said that on AEW, Nyla Rose like smashed the referee through the table and then did it to whoever she was fighting, and then they showed Britt Baker with the same pose in the crowd, and they're like. The the uh, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend. <laughs> I didn't I was like catch that's that. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Well, but I mean, they're they are creative. Like when um, Cody Rhodes was doing his promo, and he says that um, MJF gives the worst. What's he called his finisher? Uh, crossroads in the history of wrestling. He's like, well, at least now there's two people botching it on two different shows. You know, like. He's taking a dig at his opponent, but he's also taking a dig at WWE at the same time. Because whoever's doing that on WWE, it doesn't do it as well as he does, right? That's what he's getting at. So he's like, well, if I'm going to tear my own guy down, I might as well tear down the other show at the same time. Like, it's just that subtle back and forth. I don't mind, right? What I don't love is that, like, did you see the new TNT commercials? The social media where they talk about the ratings, how they trashed NXT? Like, it says right on there, (laughs) first week trashed. NXT ratings in the ratings. Second week. Wait, they said it on the show. Oh, yeah. The commercial? Yeah. Hmm. They wrote on the graphics. It's like TNT debut or whatever it was destroys NXT in the ratings. Well, good for them, I guess. Well, Karma's a bitch because look what happened, right? They did it for what, five weeks? And then NXT won the last two in a row. And now AEW barely won this week by 6,000 people. And their show is. You were right, by the way. NXT won. Yeah, but it's getting, like, not the greatest reviews, and they're only, what, three months in? Yeah. Like, they're having, tar- like, I heard that they're having a hard time selling any tickets in Ohio 
like they're they're taking their show to and like there's no ticket sales for this show like yeah. ah, that's not good a sign like that's not good right so that's karma's not nice to you when you do stuff like that right so if you're gonna take shots take subtle shots do like i'm sure wwe put Britt baker on tv on purpose they say they didn't do it they say the director didn't know who they was and that's possible but i don't believe it Right. So it's if you're going to take a shot, like that means you're not doing your job scouting talent that well. Well, I'm more Ronaldo flat out said that's Britt Baker. Right. Yeah. Like he used her name. So clearly he knew who she was. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not an accident. Go ahead and do that sort of stuff. Right. If you're going to be a Debbie and want to respond to it, then do what you did. Put her in the crowd and do the same thing and be like and say that subtle, creative, good for you. Jab for jab. Right. But to come right out and do these commercials, be like, yeah, we just destroyed. Like, that would be like, you know, at the beginning of Raw, where they talk about their social media presence, and they say, WWE Raw got more social media followers than ESPN, NBC, basketball, hockey combined. You know how they say that sometimes in the commercials? That would be like throwing AEW in there. Yeah. Fans would lose their mind if if WWE did that. Right? They probably should. They would take such offense to it if you're an AEW fan and be like, I can't believe WWE's doing that, blah, 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 blah. But if AEW does this, oh my God, that's that's hilarious. That's the greatest thing ever. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, some you. people didn't like it. I saw there was a bunch of stuff on social media where the WWE fans are really defending the you know, WWE's honor in that way. But other people just overlook it. They're like, yeah, whatever. AEW's the underdog. They're fighting for their lives, blah, blah, blah. They're not really. They're learning as they go and they have billions of dollars, but whatever. Like, it's just, it's a. It's a different set of rules for the different shows, right? Yeah. I'm just hoping. I like the idea that there are two promotions. I like there there are two shows I can watch. There are two shows that I can write about. There are two shows I can report on. I just want them both to be good. Like that's, and that's what I'm saying. Why do we? There's have really no reason so, that that shouldn't be possible. Why do we have to fight over which is better? I mean, we know that like one's gonna be better than the other, and that's fine. We want that. We want to have the competition and see like how they one up each other. But why do we have to fight as if like if you're an Oilers fan, I'm a Bruins fan. We shouldn't have to fight and say, like, well, my team's better than yours. Or yours. I don't even like that in real sports. I think it's a stupid discussion for the most part. So why do you have to do that in wrestling companies when you can just appreciate a bunch of good wrestling? Yeah. Right? Like, this is the, they're all the same team. Yeah, I mean, they're I get it. Other, if, but... if AEW all of a sudden takes off and WWE goes down and then there's a risk that WWE will disappear, okay, fine. Be all whatever. But there should be room for both, you know, mm-hmm. and there should be room for you to watch and record both and – do whatever you want to watch and enjoy both or critique both or whatever. And that's what we do. Like, there's really yeah. no reason not to do that. But I think yeah, they care sh- about like giving them like credit where it's due and also like saying, hey, this was kind of lame. I don't think yeah. I've been as critical about AEW because I've been trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think today I got a little more critical as far as like um, the booking and how I haven't like I, it's been like three months, like you said, and I haven't gotten any extended storylines, maybe Cody and MJF. And even that's kind of skewed. But I think we do a pretty good job at really not being like we're both fans of everything, but we don't like we don't blindly love something or hate something because of it. Well, I'm a big fan of AEW and there's certain things about the show that I like a lot. Yeah, but I'm hard on them because they're only it's they never get a second chance to make a first impression. Right. Like this is their opportunity to do it right. Yes. This is the first time they're going to launch and they're screwing up sometimes in major ways. And so it's like okay, I'm critical because it's unfortunate. I'm sad for them. Like because you had high expectations, too. Well, and I still like them, but I'm like, yeah. you blew this. Like, you're never going to get to do this again. There are certain things that I really like, and I think they're doing really well. And then there are other things I'm like, why would you do that? Now you've ruined that. Like, you just, yeah. 
like the whole win loss record be an important thing or the whole we're not going to talk about them. We're only going to focus on us. Well, you lied and you lied and you lied and you lied. And it's like you can't go back now. Like you can't do this again. Right. And that that's disappointing to me. And that's why I'm hard on them, because it's like, OK, that really sucks. They they won't get a chance to fix that now. And so that, that's a bummer when they could have really built momentum by not doing that. And they could have really gone and said, OK, this is where WWE is not listening to their audience. This is where we are. This is why people are moving over to watch us. And that's not happening sometimes. Or the people that went and watched are going back already because they're like, well, we watched it for a couple of weeks. They're just as bad. Let's go back to what we know. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you had a chance to steal these people and keep them, and you're blowing it. And that, I don't like that. I just is like, ugh. That's why I'm hard on them. But I still like it. Like, I'm still a fan of a lot of stuff. I could list for a whole another hour show, list all the things I like about AEW. It's just, you know, you got to yeah. be hard on them when there well, is this much at stake. Well, that's what I'm saying. We also, like I said, we're, we're very positive about AEW in general because they're a new company. So it's hard to really be critical of something. If a trade happens in a sport or a storyline just starts, I'm always the first person that will say, let's see where this goes because, you know, we could be wrong about how this is. And AEW has done a good job at, like, doing something kind of weird and then kind of redeeming it the next week sort of thing. But at the same time, three months in, you've had enough of a, a head start now where we can start saying, hey – you're not doing this as well as you should be. And like you said, you had a good chance to really blow everyone out of the water. And it's a lot closer than it should be. To yeah. like, You should be either way ahead because you have the hype behind you. Or you should be uh, way behind because you took so many chances that didn't work. But right now you're just doing this. Like, you're just kind of doing your thing. which is, like, like you said, we love AEW. I think it's great. But there's a lot of things that just keep them floundering where they are. I'm not taking that next step. And now it's kind of too late to really explode with the hype, right? Well, and I can't explain the loss in ratings or attendance or whatever on the fact that WWE figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, that was what happened in WCW days is that WWE was like, holy crap. And they looked at themselves and they said, what do we got to do here? Like, what do we need to fix to improve what we're doing and be better and win those people back? The only thing that happened in WWE since AEW started was the NXT coming onto the main roster in Survivor Series, and that was a total accident. And it was you know, great, like that, yeah. That wasn't planned. That only happened because of the stupid Saudi trip, right? So mm-hmm. WWE didn't do anything right here. They didn't fix themselves. They're not winning people back because they did all of a sudden something good. They AEW just didn't take advantage of it. And it's like, that's really a bummer because... I can understand if WWE was all of a sudden putting on really good product or really good product and really good show after really good show. And you're like, holy crap, this is good. I can't not watch it. That's not happening here, right? Like they're just shows are the same and as mediocre as they've always been. Just AEW's show is mediocre too. And so you're like, oh, that's a disappointment. Both shows are mediocre. Like why doesn't one of you seize the opportunity here? But this is not happening. So anyway, I'll keep keep watching them. You know, and hopefully mm-hmm. at some point they turn them around. But yeah, I don't know. We'll end it there. Um, let's let people know, though, that next week our hope is that we will have matches to talk about for TLC because that's on the 15th of December and that's coming right around the corner. So prediction wise, I'm sure it'll be Owens versus Rollins. I'm sure there'll be Daniel Bryan, Fiend and The Miz somehow wrapped up in all this. I think Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch versus the Kabuki Warriors is happening. Um, I'm sure the card's already built, Buddy Murphy, Alistair, Alistair Black. I'm sure those things are happening. I just haven't told anybody yet. 
So mm-hmm. hopefully by then we'll have a whole card we can go through and make predictions. Yeah, I think it's going to all flesh out tonight and Monday. And yeah, that should be Corbin all versus I mean, They, they kind of have to, right? Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's remind people they can find us on anchor.fm, thesports.com. It'll be up there later today. Um, of course, as you're hearing this, it won't be later today. It'll be right now for you. Um, <laughs> if Stitcher, you're listening, Spotify. it'll be up later. <laughs> yeah. For us, it'll be later. For you guys, it'll be while you're listening to it. I put it up a little while ago. Right? Flat, <laughs> so, t- yeah, flat circle. That's what time's described as, right? <laughs> that's that's right. What As you're listening to this, I loaded it about 58 <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, there you go. All right, man. Thanks. I will uh, chat with you next week, and we'll talk uh, TLC predictions and any major news that might happen. Uh, I think Punk's coming back on WWE backstage next Tuesday, so we'll see what uh, he has to say. Yep. And uh, hopefully more news to talk about. All right. Sounds good, man. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks, bud. On this week's episode of the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast, episode number 37, we're going to chat all things WWE and AEW, including some changes to the Raw announced team, the ratings, Seth Rollins' comments on new Shield members, and a whole lot more. This is the Smart Marks of Wrestling podcast presented by thesportster.com. Here we go. 